Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Welcome to another hour of provocative insights and sometimes even more provocative questions surrounding the entire notion of enlightenment, mind and consciousness, what it means to be human and all those tangential things that just might arise out of this inquiry and somehow in some way perhaps really matter. This show exists to confront the difficult and often ignored questions. I am witness every day to a special sort of dissonance that seems to be infecting the minds of many. I wish to expose our inattention and the sometimes automatic, adaptive means by which it is possible to shortchange our highest selves. To this end, our show earnestly seeks to gain added enlightenment. I know the show is very different for Hay House Radio. We moved here from a smaller network on a six-month trial agreement. We still have listeners from the old show writing that do not know about our new Hay House radio show. When they do, I tell them where they can find us, and I hope they're listening today. Just a day or so ago, Sylvana wrote, Hi, Eldon, not trying to pressure you, but I was wondering if you continue your Mind Matters radio show. I enjoy it a lot, and I thank you for your time and effort to offer this kind of thought-provoking material. If you like our show, please let Hay House know, and be sure to sign up for my free newsletter when you visit eldentaylor.com. That way, if we end up moving the 1st of April when the agreement is up, you'll know where we went. Okay, now to our letters. We received a lot of mail last week, and much of it's still from the show with Neil Donald Walsh. Anonymous says, who are you to question Neil Donald Walsh? Well, Anonymous, I'm just a person like Neil, that puts his pants on one leg at a time. Elaine wrote, I missed a couple of programs since the Neil Radio Show, and we'll be subscribing to Hay House Radio for that reason, to not miss a thing. I digress. I wrote Neil about what I felt was his ego-centered attitude in the era of his discourse. He had, it seemed, attitude, and you were not at all flustered. Thank you so much for your experience, insight, intelligence, and your spirit of humanity. I wondered, who was the God having a conversation with Neil when I heard his comments? He obviously has and has had something to offer. Also proves that we should prove all things. Well, thanks, Elaine. You know, research shows that when most people are in the presence of a so-called authority, the area of their brain that makes decisions, that discriminates, literally turns off. I'm glad yours didn't. Elizabeth wrote, Neil Donald Walsh's approach to your example of the father who runs down his daughter for becoming too westernized is a phenomenon we often see, I think, in leftist thinking or cultural relativism. Here in Denmark, we have had a huge debate some years ago during what was referred to as the cartoon crisis of a newspaper printing cartoon showing the face of Muhammad. I think most of us remember that. That's my addition. And the reactions there, too. I was puzzled about those people who I knew to uphold humanistic values and human rights, which in the case of Islam suddenly seemed to almost endorse values to the total opposite. In my understanding, these people in their seeking to empathize and understand end up making excuses for these kinds of actions, when what they really want, I believe, is to just understand and perhaps forgive in a higher context. This way they come in a roundabout way to in fact accept and endorse something that really is against their own values, 
because, also in accordance with their values, all people are intrinsically good and all evil can be explained and understood. Listen, Elizabeth, to that I can only say, Amen. J.H. writes, It sounds like Mr. Walsh may benefit from reading into the philosophy of ethics and from doing a bit more work on his model for for being human. Since he reaches thousands daily through his writings, many of them may benefit as well. Chris writes, Love your Hay House radio show. I enjoy listening for the full program to provocative speakers. While the call-in shows are helpful to many, I love a show full of, I love a full show of listening to your ideas and those of your guests. John writes, outstanding, thought-provoking topics, diverse points of view, and truly unique thinkers are featured. Mind candy at its best. Hey, John, thanks a bunch. That's exactly what we strive for here. Ann writes, I'm excited to learn more about Dr. Taylor's work. I'm enjoying the Hay House radio broadcast. I find myself smiling at Dr. Taylor's cut to the core insight, not so common, common sense. The guest lineup has been unusual and thought-provoking. And Ann, thank you, and we'll continue to try and do just that. Ewell wrote regarding Neil Donald Walsh, I've enjoyed your books, your Intertalk CDs, and your work immensely. I have been friends with Hoska Harrison for 23 years and studied with Jonah continuously during that time. I suggest that you read the works of Dr. David Hawkins, MD, PhD. I, you know, I have read those, Jewel, and I don't think he comes down quite in the same place as Neil Donald Walsh. But I'll tell you what, we have uh, Hawkins uh, and Hoska Harrison, the Jonah Channel, uh, scheduled to be on our show in the near future, so you want to be sure and listen in. Lane writes, Hello, I'm loving your radio show. I enjoy your guests and the fact that you're willing to talk about sensitive issues. Thank you, Lorraine. That's why we do the show. That's what it's about. Carol wrote, I ordered your wonderful book. I like that. Thank you, Carol. Uh, <laughs> I ordered your wonderful book, Mind Programming, when it was released, and I continue to incorporate many of the exercises from the second half of it. I also constantly play the Intertalk Serenity CD that was included in the book in my living room. And not only have I and my three cats calmed down and displayed more peace daily, my houseplants are more beautiful and lush than ever before. I believe it is all connected. Thank you for your dedication to our evolution toward uh, love and peace. Thank you, Carol. I mean, genuinely, thank you very much. For those of you that have not yet picked up a copy of my book, Mind Programming, which comes with a free Serenity CD, be sure to check out the special offer at my website, eldentaylor.com. I promise that this is a book. This this is really a must-read for conscious living. You might also want to check out the special offer on my New York Times bestseller, Choices and Illusions, while you're there. It's in paperback and really affordable now. All right, that's all the time we have for your letters today. But I assure you, I do read and answer them all, and I appreciate you sending them in. You can write me by going to eldentaylor.com, where you can submit your comments, or you can join me on Facebook and leave your comments there. If you like this show, be sure to tell your friends. Now to this week's subject and guest. The survival of life after death and what one encounters should be something we are all interested in. I, like many, have often joked about the absence of a manual to teach us about life. That is, we don't get that good old owner's manual that tells us all about the vehicle we're about to find ourselves in. The guarantee, if any, the operating instructions, 
troubleshooting uh, has a special help guide, you know, like you do on your computer. I mean, wouldn't it be nice if we all received a PDF, the portable document file, with hot links to assist us with all the various sources of confusion and decisions that we face in life? Since we don't have this manual, we don't get it, is it possible to assemble such a thing for the next life? Is there really any such thing as a next life? If so, what should we expect when we step from this side to wherever that other side might be? I recently watched, once again, the wonderful film Meet Joe Black. If you haven't seen this one, you should. There are a couple of lines in the movie that just touch a chord with me. One of those lines addresses how fast time flies. Quote, 65 years in a blink. End quote. The other grows out of a question. When Joe Black is asked about crossing over, quote, should I be afraid, end quote, he responds, not a man like you, end quote. That answer was given to an honorable man who had lived his life in an honorable way. What if you made mistakes? Would you encounter demons and dark spirits and punishment? Well, our next guess is absolutely not. And I don't know about you, but for me, that's encouraging. Our guest today uses hypnosis to regress subjects into prior lives. I used hypnosis for years, primarily in a forensic setting. I have hypnotized victims that could only tell us it was a very big gun and had them under hypnosis describe the perpetrator so completely that arrests were made within a couple of hours. I've had victims describe their assailants in such detail that officers present recognize exactly who is being described, and I have had so-called victims and witnesses expose their lies under hypnosis and disclose their involvement in criminal activities. One thing I always guarded against was the possibility of generating a false memory. Perhaps you remember the to-do all over false memory syndrome, hypnosis and sexual abuse from a few years back. Now, here is my point. If you go to a hypnotist for a past life regression, you already expect certain things. That is, you probably believe in reincarnation. You think it plausible that you have lived before and so forth. All of this constitutes a sort of self-suggestion. I have seen hypnotists actually suggest things like, what kind of bed do you sleep in? A poster bed, a bed on the floor, describe your bed. The problem with this kind of question is that it leads the subject into finding a bed. The minute the hypnotist suggests something, anything, the resulting statement should be seriously questioned. If, as a forensic hypnotist, required to go into a court of law and testify about the information that we obtained under hypnosis, I were to ask a question such as, what was the man wearing when he held up the store? The information would be thrown out. Why? Because I suggested that it was a man. Simple as that. Remember, hypnosis is a state of hypersuggestibility. How then does a hypnotist regress someone and find about their past lives without some suggestion entering into the entire matter? Well, what if you simply obtained the information quite by accident? Maybe you were asking about something else entirely, only to stumble upon a past life. Okay, now, if you can authenticate information of that sort, you really have my attention. How about you? Our guest today did just that in the very beginning, but I'll let him tell you all about it in just a couple of minutes. I know what I think about all of this. What do you think? What are your ideas and your questions? 
We want your input. What is there about the afterlife that you would like to know? You can also join us by calling toll-free 1-866-254-1579. And international callers can dial the country code then, 760-918-4300. Now to today's guest. Dr. Michael Newton is the founder of the Michael Newton Institute for Life Between Lives Hypnotherapy. And he served as their first president from 2002 to 2005. Dr. Newton holds a doctorate in counseling psychology, is a certified master hypnotherapist, and is a member of the Master of the American Counseling Association. He has been on the faculty of higher education institutions as a teacher and counselor, while also active in private practice. In addition, Dr. Newton has been a corporate consultant and worked as a behavioral counselor and group therapy director for community mental health centers and spiritual renewal organizations in cooperation with hospital and social service agencies. He has been a therapist for over 50 years. He is considered a pioneer in uncovering the mysteries about life after death through the use of spiritual regression. In 1998, Dr. Newton received the National Association of Transpersonal Hypnotherapists Annual Award for the most unique contribution by a hypnotherapist for his years of soul memory research and mapping the cosmology of the afterlife. He is the author of three best-selling books, and they are great books. I'll tell you, they're great books. Journey of the Souls, Destiny of the Souls, and Life Between Lives. These books have been translated into over 25 languages. He is also the editor of the new 2009 release, Memories of the Afterlife, which includes intriguing case studies written by members of his growing network of Life Between Lives therapists. Dr. Newton is a genuine luminary, I mean that sincerely, that comes from a classically trained empirical school of scholasticism, and I have greatly enjoyed my conversations with him. You will not want to miss what's coming next. Welcome to Provocative Enlightenment, Dr. Michael Newton. Well, thank you so much for that nice build-up, Ellen. I hope, Elden, I hope I can live up to it. <laughs> well, I know that that's, that's just natural. I mean, a lot of our listeners are unfortunately not going to be uh, aware of your work. So I'd like you, if you will, to, to begin by telling us how you started into this afterlife work. Well, I began as a traditional hypnotherapist many, many years ago in the 50s. And uh, at that time, uh, there was a, uh, a very interesting case that you probably remember called the Bridie Murphy case. And uh, this was about a Colorado housewife who, who recalled a prior life in Ireland. And uh, it was conducted in Colorado, and past life regression had been known before, but this was a sensational case. And I believe it was in 1956, about the time I started. And, you know, people would call me and say, oh, well, I'd like to have one of those myself. And I was kind of imperious in those days, Eldon. I, I would tell them, you know, uh, really, I don't do that sort of thing. Uh, I'm, I'm a traditional behavioralist, and I, I, frankly, I think you need to go to somebody else. And uh, so I went on a number of years in this vein until I had my own uh, sudden, I guess I could call it sudden, case of a past life regression that sort of unfolded in my lap without my programming it. And uh, I described this case uh, in my first book, Journey of Souls, and how I sort of came kicking and screaming into the New Age movement, if you will. And it was <laughs> a few more years, though, 
before I actually cracked into the work that I eventually uh, concentrated on, and that was a case where a woman recalled her life between lives. Now, you know, Eldon, I'm sure you realize that a lot of people lump past life regression in with life between lives. And, yes, there definitely is a connection because we use uh, a client's past life, most uh, recent past life is often the best, uh, to gain access to their spiritual uh, experience in life between lives. And so one could argue, well, you are then also concentrating on past life regression. But in a sense, we aren't because there are still many, many people engaged in only past life regression. My organization is trying to change that with more enlightening books and and information. But uh, nonetheless, there still exist people who work in hypnosis in past lives who feel that the life between life state is kind of a grayish limbo uh, of no consequence. I, I really believe that's changing, certainly in the 21st century. But that's what I had to contend with back in the early days when, when I began doing life between lives um, in terms of just working with people mostly in the afterlife. And I wanted to mention something because in your preface to introducing me on your show today, um, you mentioned something about the fact that uh, there are various religions who feel that um, they have the only answers to the way we ought to live and that we don't come to earth with a nice program, uh, to, you know, in terms of where we're going to go and what we're going to do. And, you know, if I could just touch on this in the beginning, because I feel that what's important that your listeners should know about me is that I'm not here to convince anybody of anything, that what you're going to hear are my truths based upon what I've uncovered in the minds of every person who came to me through the use of deep hypnosis. And when I say deep hypnosis, I, I mean that this kind of hypnosis that we use, that I developed, that now my students use, is much deeper than the typical hypnosis that you would do in, say, forensic work, as you've described your your own experience, and even with past life regression, which is in the upper stages of alpha. We have to go to the theta state, the next deep state that we call superconscious. So what's, what's interesting about this is that here we are in the first decade of the 21st century, coming to a close where we live in very difficult times of intolerance towards the faith or lack of it, of other people. I mean, it's a sort of us versus them mentality. And my books are not anti-religious, simply because they don't follow a popular or even a particular religious doctrine or dogma. Right. My, my clients are always questioned carefully. You mentioned this, too, in your introduction. It's so important. Uh, we train students not to lead the client. In other words, questions Questions that start with, what do you see, not do you see so-and-so. Right. And what's important, as you well know, Eldon, because you mentioned it on the show, right at the top of the show, is that you do not program your clients. And 
I found this so important when I was working uh, many years ago during the thousands of cases that I had before I went public with my first book in 1994. And the fact is that it doesn't matter what the religious persuasion is of the clients who come to you. I mean, they can be atheists, they can be fundamentalists, they can be any philosophical persuasion in between. But what convinced me, what really uh, locked me on to continuing with my research was the fact that once I had them in deep hypnosis, they pretty much told me the same thing about what happens to them after death. And this is what I wrote about. You know, you've, you've answered my second question. We, we have callers and we have questions out of the chat room, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this one out of the chat room. I usually go to the phone first because it's so uh, right where you're talking about. Uh, I know you have your own school, and basically, I, I mean, you know, as a forensic hypnotist, I often had to use or, or do deepening techniques. It would get someone to a somnambulistic state. And, right. and your techniques are essentially into that area. So this question ties into what you've been talking about here. The question says, how do I know someone is really a qualified past life um, expert if I go to them? Now, was the question past life expert or life between lives expert, do you think? It's past life. It says here, uh, how do I know someone is really a qualified past well, let life? Well, just, I'll answer, I'll try to answer both. Um, let me start with my own specialty. Yeah, you, you've got about is, a minute and a half, Doc, okay. and then we, got, we have a hard okay. break. <laughs> I'll make it brief. If someone is searching for an experienced life between life therapist, I would really suggest that they go to uh, newtoninstitute.org, www.newtoninstitute.org. Everybody that's on that list has been certified by us, and we're the only uh, school in the country that specializes only in that field. Now, there are others, of course, who have past life work, and there are other schools of hypnosis that don't really get into it at all. So what this person has to do is ask about the credentials of somebody who is advertising in their home area that they are a hypnotherapist. They may be a hypnotherapist that doesn't do any of the kinds of things we're talking about, Eldon. They, they, they could do just traditional uh, work in terms of helping to alleviate pain, uh, stop smoking, help with weight problems, this kinds of thing. So it, it is important that anyone who's doing research um, check out the certification of the people with whom they want to work with. If I've got another 15 seconds, I'll just Go. say this. If someone comes to us and wants to learn our techniques, we want them to at least have had a number of years of experience, not only as a professional hypnotherapist, but also as a past life regressionist. So we have very strict standards for training people. Our students are, are not newcomers to hypnosis because we have a program that's very demanding, and they need to have that foundation. All right. Now, uh, when we come back from break, we're going to take some calls. We have a number of calls. And we're going to talk about also some of the things that uh, Dr. Newton has encountered by way of uh, 
you know, illnesses, conditions that are physical in nature that may be predisposed by past lives. And indeed, you know, that's how we first got into this entire thing. My guest today is Dr. Michael Newton. We are discussing the afterlife and his research using regression hypnosis. Uh, you can follow uh, all of his links at Provocative Enlightenment on my website, eldentaylor.com. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. Have you talked to yourself lately? What does that inner voice say? Are you constantly hearing negative feedback? Ready for a change? InnerTalk, Eldon Taylor's patented subliminal technology, can do just that. Change your inner self-talk. Turn off the negative by replacing it with positive affirmations. InnerTalk has been researched at universities such as Stanford and by governments around the world and has been proven effective at priming your self-talk. Armed with a new positive outlook, you'll find everything becomes easier. From losing weight to stop smoking, giving presentations to riding horses, learn new things to being a powerful salesperson. Choose your title for change today. Visit www.innertalk.com. That's I-N-N-E-R-T-A-L-K.com. Innertalk.com. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Eldon Taylor, and it's my pleasure to host this special investigation. I love your comments and feedback, so please join me on Facebook or send your email to eldon at eldontaylor.com. That's E-L-D-O-N at eldontaylor.com. We'll try to share some of your letters every week because your feedback does influence our programming, and we're grateful for that guidance. So I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you, and enjoy. Every day, every moment, we face choices. Yet, how many of those choices are truly our own? Are you ready to step onto the path of discovery? Read Eldon Taylor's New York Times bestseller, Choices and Illusions, now revised, updated, and expanded. Eldon combines provocative information, scientific research, and his own life's journey into a powerful message that we have the power to change. All we must do is be willing to choose to take the chance and change. Get your copy today from all bookstores. Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Welcome back. Before we get back into today's show, I want to remind you that the free InterTalk MP3 files I told you about last week uh, are available at my InterTalk site. I'm, I'm, I'm getting email here saying, where are they? InterTalk, I-N-N-E-R-T-A-L-K dot com. Uh, use the left-hand navigation pane, and you can just follow the three free MP3 files. Enjoy them. There are a lot of good programs there, and they're there, you know, to assist you. Okay, if you just joined us, my guest today is Dr. Michael Newton, and we're talking about the afterlife, and we've got a stack of great questions, Dr. Newton. So I'm going to go first to the phone. I want to get these questions in. I, I, I'll talk to you about my own questions in private if we run out of time. Kathy in Burbank, California, you're on the air with Dr. Michael Newton. Hello. Uh, listen, I'll, I'll be as succinct as possible. 
Um, I had a catastrophic illness two years ago, and uh, they brought me back a couple of times. But I had um, uh, an experience, um, a near-death experience, but it reminded me uh, at the age of about three and a half, then at about nine, then at uh, age 26, I had... uh, and when at uh, 13, I had experiences that were what um, I read to be something like divine intervention, awareness of uh, purpose in my life that took me out of my immediate circumstances to recognize something that was not uh, it was not a future or a life that I could have imagined on my own. Well, you know, Kathy, uh, what you've described uh, is, a, you know, an NDE experience, near-death experience. Yes. That so many folks that have gone through this will say the same things you, you have, that they are never the same afterwards because it's like they've seen the other side. They see, uh, some people see tunnels, some people see bright lights and uh, spiritual figures or a, a single figure coming towards them. Uh, a lot of NDEs will say that they're kind of ready to accept this figure uh, and move into in, into the next stage, but that they're told to go back. No, it's not your time yet. You have a life to finish and so forth. So I think the thing that comes out of the NDE experience that's so fascinating is that when people go into deep hypnosis and are searching for this to recreate this, if you will, and I've had yeah. NDEs, is that they do recall going through a, a very bright tunnel, and they do recall a spiritual being coming towards them. And, of course, the fun part, Kathy, is that then they can go on with what happens next instead of having to come back, which they had to do when they had that traumatic experience that led them into an NDE experience. So, Is that uh, it, what your it, life between lives is, is- in other words, that awareness is so much greater than my human experience. That's true. Of course, I want more of that. Sure. And this, I think this is what so many people who have had NDE experiences and have come to us uh, for. Uh, it, it just makes them feel Uh, It gives them validity. That's the best word to use. It gives them validity for what they have gone through. And, Kathy, I don't need to tell you that a lot of NDEs don't want to talk to the average person about this because they're afraid they might be ridiculed. So, you know, different people go through different NDE-type experiences, but essentially there are some common denominators in terms of, of what it is that they see and what they experience. But I think the main thing, and you mentioned it, is a sense of purpose, that there really are loving beings on the other side who watch over us. And, yes, some of us have terribly difficult lives, but everything has a purpose. It's, it's very karmic in that sense. And I think the NDE comes away with, in most cases, comes away with this sense of purpose like you've described. So it's very empowering. 
Well, I'm looking forward to knowing more about your work and your books. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Thank Kathy. you for calling, Kathy. All right, let's 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 get Patricia out of Knoxville, Tennessee. Up, Patricia, you're on the air. Yes, Dr. Newton, I am so pleased. I, I, someone gave me your book um, uh, uh, about maybe 10 years ago, and it profoundly impacted my belief system. Uh, my question to you is... Um, uh, I've had an experience, I've had several experiences with past life regression, and I felt like I was guessing, I was imagining, I didn't feel, and maybe you answered the question earlier about the depth of the hypnosis, but I felt like I was just kind of guessing as I was imagining things. I wasn't sure when I got through if it was... I understand, Patricia. And even people who have very successful sessions will say when they finally wake up, did I really say that? I didn't feel like I was in hypnosis. You know, you get those things, but uh, certainly... The concerns that you have for whether you were deep enough are real. And, you know, I don't know uh, the person that you work with, and I can't comment on on something of which I have no knowledge. But just to say that um, people are different in terms of the time that it takes them to go to the depth that they need to go to in order to answer these kinds of questions. And... One of the things I do when I train students, in fact, now I have a series of trainers. I'm really retired, so I don't have to do this much anymore. I have a lot of people that are doing it for me. But essentially what we teach, Patricia, is that it may take you an hour, even an hour and a half of work to get your client into the proper state where they truly are seeing what they're seeing and answering the questions that you're asking them. So... You know, I don't know about your own experience, but it might be worth another try with someone else. You know what I'm saying? Yes. It felt like, you know, in your case studies, people are so specific and they have details and they know things that they wouldn't know another way. And I just didn't have quite that experience. And I have a vivid imagination as a writer. And one of the reasons I was there was trying to figure out writer's block. And I didn't feel like I had an immediate lift on that. So right. well, maybe you're you know, right. It's a different... Uh, Patricia, let me offer this suggestion. If you if you will go online to mm-hmm. uh, the newtoninstitute.org and then punch and click in the, the state of Tennessee, you will see mm-hmm. who we have there. My suggestion is to call this person. Now, certainly you could go to the yellow pages and just try someone else at random. So I'm kind of biased in knowing that my own people are very, very well trained. So... You know, you have a couple of alternatives here, but I would suggest that you give it another chance. I think I will. That sounds. Uh, that feels very good to go with somebody. I feel like that you that has trained with you. So thank you so much. Okay, Patricia. Thanks. Thank you for calling, Patricia. You know, we're going to take a call out of the chat room now because it just fits with where you are. This uh, this question says uh, his past life regression experiences uh, brought back. Too much anger and did not help him at all. What does Dr. Newton have to say about that? Now, let me get this straight, Eldon. This person had not a life between life experience, but a past life experience. And That's the right. Past That's life, what he's calling it. And, he, mm-hmm. and it brought back anger and unresolved issues, okay? Right. And obviously they went, well, I'll let you answer the question. Well, I'll shut my mouth. What did you get to know, say about that, Doc? Naturally, the first thing I think of is, you know, I, I wonder what kind of therapist they got. I 
I think I can fairly say that. I think we'd probably both spell therapist uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, if you, if you one, have yeah. somebody who's really well-trained, uh, they're going to understand the karmic issues behind that anger. And they're going to relate it to what's not only what's going on in their life today, but their choices between lives in coming into the body that they now occupy. Right. And this is very important, and I think, one thing, Eldon, I'd like to touch on is the soul versus the brain, and it goes right up the alley of this question, I think. Sure. Um, one of the great benefits that people have going through a life between lives, or what we call LBL, in conjunction with a past life, is we find out how their soul integrates with their current body, their current brain, which is, after all, temporary. Um, they may be comfortable working in conjunction with the brain disposed, for example, to aggressive behavior. Or, on the other hand, it may be a soul that's uh, working in opposition to the brain, where, in fact, you could have a low-energy passive soul in the body of a highly emotional, restless person. So um, there was a reason why they were assisted in making choices in certain bodies to accomplish certain karmic ends in the life that they're in today. When clients learn of this, it, it changes them. They don't fight it anymore. They realize that it was their choice. They're, they're looking in the mirror and saying to themselves, why am I me? And after one of our sessions, they know. And I think that kind of goes to the issue of, of the person who felt angry, you know, coming out of hypnosis in terms of what they had to go through in their past life. They didn't get a full uh, understanding of what the karmic ramifications were behind the life that they lived, which, you know, might have been very, very difficult. So that's kind of something I think we should bring up on the show today. Right, I agree with you. Uh, and, and in line with that, I mean, if this individual uh, had presented himself to you, Mike, wouldn't you be saying something to the effect that, well, we need to go back, we need to look at that anger, and we need to do something oh, by way of desensitizing it, right? Of course. So the best thing this person could do would be, you know, to seek out someone, competent skill, and uh, resolve that issue. Absolutely. And, and it should, they should choose somebody with past life experience. I mean, as I mentioned at the top of the show, then there was a lot of hypnotherapy folks out there that don't do the kind of work we're talking about. Yeah. I've got another hot one for you out of the chat room. This is Clay Cat asking or stating something, and we're going to take a con take your comment on it. I think I felt resentment because I had to die so young and leave my loved ones behind. How often do you encounter that kind of thing? You know, that's that's a wonderful uh, question. And many souls who die young, the first thing they think of when they cross over is they said, oh, you know, they say to themselves, damn, why couldn't I finish what I set out to do? Or why did this have to happen to me? And then as, as we worked deeper into the spirit world, they began meeting their spirit guides and talking to spiritual masters. Of course, they understand why. You know, one thing about this new book, which is really why we're on the air together today, Eldon, the, the, the book of, uh, Memories of the Afterlife, which has just come out, is that there are cases in there 
that I haven't written. And they're basically by people that I've trained, and they have different motivations, of course, and different skills and talents and different interests. And what this does is it gives readers who have read my other books uh, a a more broadening sense of the long-term benefits. And one of these benefits is understanding why you had to die young in your most immediate past life or why someone that you love very dearly had to die so young. There's a powerful second story in this book uh, about children who, who are teachers and healers. And when a child who is close to us dies young, they're, you know, they're departing. their departing can lead to such tremendous grief that the survivors just don't know where to turn. And, and, you know, they, they wonder what possible purpose could there be in such cruelty to allow a child to die? Well, there are many answers to that question, and this particular story attempts to deal with that. So, as, as I say, Eldon, I think there's, there's something for everybody here uh, in, in the new book, and I like the fact that it not only is validating to the books I've written before. In this book, I'm simply the editor, and I do footnoting, but I didn't write these stories. And yet they cover so much ground. Uh, They talk about, you know, people who are dissatisfied in their marriages. Is there, am I not with my soulmate? Or am I with the person I'm supposed to be? Uh, Or why am I unloved? Or I feel like I'm unloved. Am I what am I here for? Yeah, what am I here more. for? And and who am I? And, you know, there's feelings of lack of self-worth. And you can imagine the all the gamut of questions that people Great have. Book. Great read. Let's get another caller in here. Cheryl from Roanoke, Virginia. Uh, I understand you've got some hot questions. Uh, bring them to the doctor. What can we do for you today? Okay, well, thanks for taking my call. I'm scared already. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've been taking a lot of pictures, and I noticed um, that that orbs, these orbs, this orb phenomenon is showing up in my pictures. And my question for you is, uh, what do you know about orbs? Are they something real? Is it a foot? Is it angels? Is it fairies? Is it a disincarnate spirit? Well. First, Cheryl, kind of define for me what you mean by, uh, are you talking about uh, a physical aura of a certain kind? Or an orb? O-R-B. Yes. The little white dots that show up in photos sometimes. I want to tell you honestly, Cheryl, that I know nothing about that. I don't work (laughs) in that area. But I have had people who have told me that there, there is meaning to this. And I wish I could help you, but I simply, um, I, I don't know. I have people who have seen things okay. uh, in pictures that they later can describe in deep hypnosis what they're all about and, and okay. so forth. Well, then, now, Cheryl, next week you may want to listen to my guest, who's Jay-Z Knight, who says orbs, for all intent and purposes, are individuals that are having out-of-body experiences as well as helpers and so forth. Cool. Understand, okay. Carol, there are people who are capable of seeing spirits from the other side. And and so, you, you, you know, there are certain gifted people, and they don't necessarily have to be psychics. Uh, I, I don't happen to be one of them, but um, I've had many clients who, who uh, when they describe the people that have passed before them in this life or in other lives, will tell me 
that they have seen them, you know, as kind of like apparitions in their current body. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a very interesting field, and I hope you get your answers. Well, thanks. Do you think that we can actually be living our past life simultaneously to this life? No, dear, I really don't. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh. no, really, one life at a time is enough. <laughs> Remember, you have a different body, okay? Uh, okay. All right, Cheryl. Thank you. you bet. Thanks for calling, Cheryl. Now, listen, I have to ask you this one coming off of that, because we get a, we get a lot of this kind of conversation. I know you do, especially with the eschatological events, you know, Armageddon, end times, and all that related to 2012. I know you personally don't do or didn't do at one time, at least, uh, forward hypnosis, progressive hypnosis, progression, no. I believe. is. No, it's the but, future progression. But you have encountered uh, individuals. What's your take on 2012, other than the fact we're going to be crowded, I think, like uh, you and your wife used to discuss? Well, I don't feel that. I think. 2012 is really basically coming from Hollywood. Now, I hope I haven't insulted any of your listeners, Eldon, but 2012, when you really look at the Mayan uh, codexes, and I, I've, I've spent some time down in Central America, talked to some archaeologists there about, about the way in which the Mayans measured time and what it meant to them. And most of these folks will tell you that we're basically going to enter a new Mayan cycle. It does not have to be Armageddon. And in fact, there's no reference, uh, I think, from the Mayan scholars who have studied this in Mayan theology of an Armageddon at the end of any one of these cycles. So, um, you you know, it's... uh, I know I'm, I'm on heard. the same page with you, Doc. I'm on, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, on December 31st, I'm going to throw out an old calendar. You know, <laughs> right. I'm going to hang up a new one. Right. You know, <laughs> okay. All right. Listen, uh, I, I had to ask that when we have uh, a caller from Boston, Massachusetts, I believe, Ricky, I'm, you're on the air. Hello. Have I got there. your How name you? right? Yes, my nickname is Ricky. I'm a lady, but my nickname is Ricky. Hi, Ricky. Welcome. What can we What can we help you with today? Answer yes, for I realize you. we're on the radio, so I'll focus really clearly here. I've had maybe two very uh, powerful um, sort of paranormal experiences in my life. One when I was fourteen, and one later. But lately, and it was it was very powerful and very specific and clear. But lately, I've been very recently, like this year, I've been feeling my deceased mother near me, and I've been feeling her very near me lately, and I feel like she's trying to tell me something, okay. um, and I can't quite seem to tap into what she's trying to tell me, Let me and just... I was wondering if you had any advice. Yeah, I mean, it's I a do. beautiful experience to feel like she's near me, but I feel like she's actually trying to tell me something, and I don't, I'm don't. i not sure what to do to, to make my channel more open. I'm okay. wondering if you had First of all, advice. Ricky, let me just say that what you have described is something that is, is a very beautiful thing for a lot of people. If they Absolutely. can be touched by someone who meant so much to them in some way. Well, As she a matter died of, with me here. So. Yeah. As a matter of fact, Ricky, let me just tell you this, that after I wrote my first book, um, a number of years went by, and people said, well, we know you know more, we want to hear it, and so forth. And one of the most common things as I traveled around the country in those days, people said to me, please write a chapter about how 
spirits can come back and touch us, people whom we've loved. Mm. And so I titled my second chapter in Destiny of Souls, Death, Grief, and Comfort. And in this, I describe the various ways in which spirits connect with the living. Now, uh, I think there, are, and you, and you can study this, Ricky, and and see how it applies to your own, in your own case. Okay. But there are a couple of different things that you can do here. One, you can work a lot on your own deep meditation to see if you can get a breakthrough in in terms of seeing an avenue of connection. Or, and I'm biased here, admittedly, you can go to a, a person who understands life between lies and they will help you connect with your mother and you can see just what it is that she's trying to tell you. I mean, hopefully. I'm not well, promising. It's hard trying to sift through who's good at that and who isn't. That's you know? it. And, and, you know, I can't promise anything, Rick, because everybody's different. But um, we've had wonderful success with people learning all sorts of things about you know, departed spirits. So, you know, Ricky, before I leave you, I just want to make this clear. What we're describing today, what Eldon and I are talking about, is essentially in every person's mind. It's a question of drawing it out. I believe you. You know, trying to find the right person to to, uh, allow you to see what you need to see uh, because all that information is there. And it's because we have a soul. So can you, good luck. Can you, you tell me your website or the name of your book again yeah, or whatever? Uh, I don't. I really haven't heard of it until today. Okay. We'll, we'll make sure you get all that info, Ricky. Go ahead. Tell her. We've we got about 30 you. seconds, Mike. Okay. I'll keep it very brief. Uh, in your case, Ricky, I suggest you read Chapter 2 in Destiny of Souls, my second book published in 2001. Okay? okay. <laughs> Secondly, I would go to, to our website, www.newtoninstitute.org and click on somebody in your state that you feel you might like to work with and if you wish to go further with this. And, you know, I also suggested you you, you, you meditate, you know, that you I do. I work do. really hard with that. I do. And uh, hopefully something will come out of this that will help you understand, um, you know, why this attempt is being made to reach you. Well, thank you. Well, I'm okay. looking for work, so maybe, you know, I'm beating the bushes, but then okay. so are millions of other people. <laughs> good luck to you. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Ricky, for calling. Sure. Have a good day. All right. Dr. Newton, it has been a pleasure to have you on the show once Mike, again. We're not out of uh, time, Eldon. We've just started. <laughs> I know. There's so many questions I've got here. We can't. I, I can't even get to them. And, I mean, I just have to apologize to everybody that we didn't get to it. We're, we're likely going to have to bring you back. And what what a wonderful experience that will be. I mean, well, you will a, join a us again, will you not? I, I certainly will, Eldon. I want to tell you how much I've enjoyed your show. And uh, thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. All right. Well, we've come to the end of another hour of provocative enlightenment. I want to thank our guest today sincerely for joining us. I do suggest recommend his books. You can find his links on my website, eldentaylor.com. Be sure to join us next week when Jay-Z Knight, Ramtha, is my guest. You don't want to miss that one. Until then, to thine own self, be true.